Hey there, film fans! Welcome into the Second Day Film Podcast, the official podcast of the Second Day Film Club. It is November 14th, 2019. Winter is here, and we are back, finally. I'm your host, Brandon Champion, welcoming you back into our little show after an extended break. Uh, we had a little bit of a lull at the theater. Fall isn't really the prime time for releases, um, so it took a little break, and, and I'm not going to lie, football has taken over my life a little bit. Uh, but anyway, hopefully it will be worth the wait, because we've got an international flair to the show today. Uh, I'm joined by my brother from across the ocean, the sophisticated European himself. He is the Serbian Alexander Milinkovic. Thank you for coming on the pod, my friend. How the heck are you? First of all, thank you for having me here. And that is about that. I'm sophisticated European guy. You, you have uh, I, uh, displayed that time and time again over our days together uh, here in Grand Rapids. Alex came to America as a foreign exchange student for the first time in 2007 and lived with my family. Uh, returned for a short visit in 2010. And now 2019, you're making your latest trip. We've had a, a lot of fun so far, gone to some games, visited some breweries, uh, went to Detroit. So uh, anyways, before we get into the show, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself and where you come from? So as you, as you said, I spent a year here with your family in 2006 and 2007. And uh, basically, I live in, as you said, I live in Serbia. And uh, I live in uh, the capital Belgrade, and my country is located in the southeast of Europe. And it used to be pro it used to be Yugoslavia. People probably didn't hear a lot about Serbia, but uh, the best the best uh, way to to uh, to find out about Serbia is if you watch tennis. You know, Novak Djokovic is the best, the ultimate guy actually the in goat. Serbia. The go yes, the, the goat. And recently we have uh, Nikola Jokic in the Denver Nuggets. So those are the two most famous Serbians right now in uh, in America. Uh, so uh, I came here, as you said, like uh, nine years uh, after my last visit. And uh, what I do is I I'm a software engineer, and uh, I'm since I'm I'm really glad that you that you called me to join you this podcast. I'm not a big a uh, movie fan, but there's some movies that I really adore. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What you know, this is obviously a film podcast. How would you describe yourself when it comes to movies? Are you a film buff? Are you more of a casual film watcher? What types of movies do you like to watch? Actually, my favorite uh, movies are comedies, but of course, uh, uh, everyone has the favorite movie. And believe it or not, my favorite movie is not a comedy. And one of my favorite series is one uh, that we will talk about later. But uh, uh, I'm not a bit, I'm not like a huge movie fan. I watch from time to time, and since I come from Europe, I don't I don't watch only U.S. movies. There are a lot of Serbian movies. There are a lot of European movies. So uh, uh, that's like a short introduction. Well, yeah, you mentioned that. Uh, well, I should say coming up on today's show, we're going to review a trio of films. Uh, including, as Alex just said, a series that is one of his favorites, uh, and that would be Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Uh, but before we get there, I want to remind you of how to get in touch with us on social media. You can like our Facebook page. That's at Second Day Film Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter 
uh, by searching Second Day Film. That's all written out. We're also on Instagram at the Second Day Film Podcast. And you can find our old episodes um, at on SoundCloud and iTunes. And I'm in the process of getting us on Spotify. So hopefully we'll be up there uh, sooner rather than later. So, like I said, big show to get to today. Uh, some of these movies uh, came out a while ago, um, but I just haven't had a chance to get on the pod and review them yet. Obviously, I said fall is kind of a lull, but now we're uh, approaching the busy holiday season when obviously a lot of big-time releases start coming out. Um, so I'll have to catch up on some of those films that are coming out. Um, but we'll try to stay on top of it as much as we can. Anyways, let's get to the movies. Alright, so the first film I want to talk about today is one that came out uh, a couple months ago. It's called Ad Astra, and it is a science fiction thriller mystery film directed by James Gray. Uh, the film stars Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Naga, Donald Sutherland, and others. The plot summary on IMDb, Astronaut Roy McBride undertakes a mission across an unforgiving solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father in his doomed expedition that now, 30 years later, threatens the universe. So, as I said, uh, this is a movie that came out in late September that I saw um, shortly after it came out. Obviously, space films is a genre that we get a ton of movies a year um, regarding space and space travel um, and science fiction-y uh, travels through the stars. This film is... If you run into this movie expecting to get uh, Armageddon or Mission to Mars or Alien or Star Wars, you're going to be really disappointed. Um, the scale of this movie is huge. It's an adventure through the solar system. Um, it's, it takes place in the future when we've sort of uh, colonized the solar system, and, and it's a much bigger world. We know about different worlds, but it's we still haven't found any alien life, any intelligent life. So humans are still the only people... But it's in the future, so we know the solar system. The scale is huge. The story's taking place in the expanse of space. But in the end, this is a personal story about one man's dark psychological struggle. Roy McBride, played by Brad Pitt. Um, he carries this movie. His performance is fantastic. Uh, throughout the film, we get tons of close-ups on his face and his eyes. Um, we It really, this sort of um, intimate filming technique really helps us get into the head of what he's thinking and what he's going through. Everything in the film is from his perspective. Even the shots throughout the film are basically through Brad Pitt's perspective. So this really is a story about one guy and his experiences. We're traveling with him all through the solar system. We're going to different places. We're meeting different people. But the shots are first person and throughout the film it's a constant narrative voiceover from Brad Pitt, who's sort of telling us how he feels uh, as he's going through these things. So the story really is um, about him and his struggles. So Alex, what do, you, do you watch space movies? Are you into movies about uh, uh, the, the great beyond? Have you seen many movies about space? Actually, I am definitely not a fan of uh, space movies, but I have to say in my country, people are crazy about Star Wars and uh, that, that series. Uh, but definitely I'm more like into historical movies, so I cannot uh, judge about this. A what, about a, what about a historic movie that is about space travel, like uh, real space travel, not science fiction? Like uh, we had First Man about Neil Armstrong that came out That's last right. year. Would, be more, would you be 
more interested in something like that. Yeah, but uh, when you said space movies, I was more thinking about science fiction movies. That, right. That's what I th thought. Uh, that's what I thought that you were uh, thinking about. Uh, that thing is definitely uh, the types of movies I like. You know, because because they are historical and that they actually uh, turned the the, uh, the 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 steps in in human life for sure. You know, and it, it's I think it's 50th anniversary of uh, main, men going to uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, so it's fifties <clears throat> So I'm definitely into those type of types of movies. Okay, well yeah, as you said, this one is far more on the science fiction side of things, more than a uh, documented history. Um, Brad Pitt, like I said, his performance really sort of carries this film. Um, and and so a big theme of this movie is um, Tommy Lee Jones, who played Brad Brad Pitt's father, went off on this expedition. They're certain that he's like in Jupiter. They're looking for intelligent life. They're looking for examples of other human life forms. Because as I said, even though the uh, our knowledge of the universe has grown extensively, there's still been no evidence of other intelligent life. So Tommy Lee Jones, Brad Pitt's father's character, is to you know sort of expand the world and uh, save humankind and expand research through finding more intelligent life, and to this point he's been unsuccessful. So Brad Pitt, as he's journeying through the far reaches of space, what he eventually learns uh, is there is no evidence of intelligent life beyond humans. And as this guy who's estranged from his wife, he has no, his father's been gone for 30 years, um, he's suffered some tra tragedies with his kids, he has trouble uh, connecting with the humans around him because he feels isolated, he feels alone, and in his mind, this search for intelligent life will maybe uh, help him branch out because it's, oh, there's more humans out there. There's more ways to do it. And what he learns is that there is no intelligent life beyond Earth. At least there's no evidence of it in this film. And that inspires him through his experience with his father, through his experience with the people he meets along the way. It inspires him to sort of reconnect with the people who are on Earth and who are most important to him, his estranged wife, his children, his his friends that he's neglected. And I think that's really, um, you know, a, a cool idea that this film presents, that through this huge expanse of space, this huge journey, he has to go to the outer reaches of the universe to learn what he could have learned by just staying right on Earth. Uh, there's a line in this film uh, in the early portion that says, the sins of the father are the sins of the son. Uh, because Tommy Lee Jones sort of has, you know, presented this life to his son where he has to be this great space adventurer and he has to be all about work. And what Brad Pitt learns through finding his father eventually in space is that that doesn't have to be the case. He's his own guy. The sins of the father don't have to be uh, the sins of the son. There's action sequences in this movie. That's not. To, I said it's not like Armageddon or some of these big space epics, but there are action sequences. But the way they're shot are, are super unique. They're very matter-of-fact. They don't make, like, the music doesn't come up big, and there's not, like, a huge crescendo, and there's not all these special effects. It's just it's just a basic um, sort of uh, matter-of-fact action scene. It just sort of happens. Like, they'll be riding on a lunar, and someone will attack them, and, uh, you know, or he'll just be floating through space, and then, it, then he'll just get back on the ship. It's very practical, this movie. I also like how in this um, movie... There's an established world of space travel, so like the world building is awesome. So it's like they go to, they have like a base on Mars, they have a base on the moon, and like people can just book like commercial trips to the moon or to Mars. So it's it's kind of cool that it's like you know 
uh, it's this established trade route from the different parts of the solar system. People can just like casually go to Jupiter if they want. So it's kind yeah, of like... Was, I, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, okay. I think uh, since you were talking about that, there was like a, a recent topic that uh, they might have they might try to go to Mars and uh, make some reality show there. I mean, that, that, that's, that sounds like something like that. Well, that's actually what I wrote down is that this stuff is interesting because it's sort of like, feels like it's in the not-too-distant future, right? We're already, uh, you know, like, uh, people are already, uh, you know, selling seats for the first commercial trip to the moon. You know, millionaires are buying seats so they can be on the first trip to, moon, to the moon when we set up our colony there. It's probably farther off than we think it is, but... These ideas of, you know, traveling to space and having, you know, uh, commercial flights to the moon and having, you know, like, now boarding flight 267 to uh, Saturn, you know, like, it's <laughs> it's kind of funny to just think about this stuff. And this movie does a good job sort of establishing um, maybe what that might look like yeah. at some point. It might happen in the near future, actually, you know. But it could. It, it seems ridiculous, but, uh, you know, it's possible, which is interesting. Well, the first target is Mars, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it might be hard to go to Saturn, considering yes. it's all gas. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for the most part, I liked this movie quite a bit. I thought it presented some interesting ideas. Visually, it was awesome. I will say, people who are going to go into this thinking they're going to get some sort of big, awesome space epic are going to be disappointed. It's going to be a little bit slow for some people. It's going to be uneventful for some people who are looking for, you know, Independence Day or aliens. Um, but I think if you sit back and you really think about what the film is trying to say about family, about relationships, about, um, you know, what it, your place in the world, um, I think you'll really appreciate it. And for that reason, I gave the film a 7 out of 10. All right, continuing with the sci-fi theme, we're going to move into a film that Alex and I went to the theater and saw just yesterday. Uh, it is Terminator Dark Fate. This is the sixth film in the Terminator series. Um, this one is directed by Tim Miller um, and stars Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger reprising their roles from the original film. Uh, also added to the cast is Mackenzie Davis, Natalie Reyes, and Gabrielle Luna. The plot summary on IMDb. Sarah Connor and a hybrid cyborg human must protect a young girl from a newly modified liquid Terminator from the future. So as I said, this is the sixth film in the Terminator series behind the Terminator, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines, Terminator Salvation, and Terminator Genesis from 2015. We also, of course, have the Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show. Um, this film, as I said, stars Linda Hamilton... And Arnold Schwarzenegger, who of course starred in the original two. And this film is meant to be a direct sequel to the first two films. James Cameron, who serves as a producer uh, on this film, said that the um, third, fourth, and fifth films, and also the TV series, is supposed to be more of a uh, alternate timeline. So, for the purpose of purposes of this movie and this review, we're essentially disregarding uh, those films, which is good because I haven't seen the fourth and fifth <laughs> ones, mostly because. Uh, well, they got terrible reviews, and I had no motivation, really, to see them. But, as we alluded to in the beginning, uh, this film, Terminator Dark Fate, um, is the sixth film. It's gotten a little bit, you know, I've seen the chatter. I try to avoid reviews for, you know, this podcast's sake. But, you know, I've seen the chatter of people saying this is the third best, this is the best since the second one. Which, I guess, makes sense, since this is supposed to be sequels uh, to those films. So, getting into this a little bit... 
Uh, Alex had specifically requested we go see this film um, because The Terminator is one of his favorite series. Um, so why don't you tell us uh, first your experiences with the Terminator series, when you saw the films, and why you like them so much? Okay, so but this is this is a little bit contradictory. Uh, I'm I said that I am not into the sci-fi movies, and uh, definitely the the my my most favorite movies of all time are Terminator One and Two in the, in that order. Uh, Iconic films. No, but the icon they are iconic films. But the first one was made, I think, in 1984. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I wasn't born. You weren't you weren't born as well. But I watched it like when I was young, and uh, I really uh, I really liked the fact uh, because even if it's a sci-fi movie, it happens in the in the in the pre in the present. So it happens now. The fight is running. Uh, uh, in, in the present, and uh, there is also the time displace displacement equipment, which I'm like really. Uh, I mean, I, I really like that uh, thing because I that's like some of uh, the Einstein's uh, theory of relativity. So it has a little bit physics to do. So I question myself: Is it really possible, or it's not possible? I mean, mm -hmm. in theory, it is possible, but uh, in practice, still not. So. Uh, uh, well, I, I watched it definitely when I was young, and uh, uh, especially the first one, because the first one uh, is uh, when the Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger was the bad guy, and his face is definitely for the bad guy, not for the good Terminator. Terminator. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's on both sides of the ledger throughout the series. Honestly. No, I mean he is always the good guy after the first one. Mm -hmm. So uh, because he was the one who protected uh, John Connor and uh, and so on. But in the first one, he was the bad guy. Yeah, I mean I think when you talk about the Terminator series in general, you're talking about basically like uh, science fiction to a T. I mean you've got robots, you got time travel, you've got cyborgs, you've got uh, all these science fiction elements. But like you're saying. Uh, most of the story takes place in the normal human world, uh, where these humans are trying to thwart this catastrophic event, Judgment Day in 1997. So this film, as we said, takes place after the first and second film. So the other things that happen in those timelines are disregarded here. They've saved, at the beginning of the film, Sarah Connor has saved the world from Judgment Day. But this film starts... And the first shot we get after we see first Sarah, uh, Sarah Connor, you know, warning the feds of Judgment Day, is her and John Connor in Guatemala living out their lives shortly after they thwarted Judgment Day. And the next thing we know, a Terminator that looks like the T-800... Or uh, 101. Yeah, yeah shows up and kills, kills John Connor. Yes. And so here we are with this new film... Where basically everything that's taken place in Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 Judgment Day has been undone. Yes, it's like it's, it's, it's like it never happened. It never happens. Five minutes into the movie. Yes. So what did you think of that decision? Because that decision was key in setting up the events for the rest of the film. Did Were you okay with that? Because I found it kind of shocking. Uh, that is kind of shocking, but if you want to make something new uh, out of this series, you had to make uh, a radical change like this. Because... Uh, as you okay, we disregarded uh, uh, the third, fourth, and fifth. It's all about John Connor there, there, and the Terminators were sent back uh, through time. They tried to kill him. He somehow finds a way how to resist that, and uh, it's always the same story. Now, if they definitely, I mean, I think that James Cameron was the co-writer of this, so maybe that was his idea to just to 
make a radical change so they can make some story out of that. I was pretty skeptical when they did this because I feel like it basically it basically undoes what the, the whole two first films are about. It makes it pointless, exactly. honestly. And and you know, so I was very skeptical when this happened about this I was, movie. I was, I was like, what? How, what is this? So really, we don't care about what happened it's anymore. Like, it's like you throw everything you've done, you throw it into the water, water now. Right. You know, and so you say that maybe this opened up the door for you know doing something new or doing something different. I think my biggest problem with this movie, and there were some things I liked too that I'll get into, but I think my biggest problem was this movie was that I felt like I was watching the original Terminator again. That's exactly <laughs> it. So if you're gonna do something rad radical like kill John Connor. Why do you have a story that is essentially the exact same thing over again? And that's one of my biggest beefs with this Terminator series, is that if you don't have any new material, stop making the fucking movies. It's incredibly frustrating. I agree, I agree, I agree. But since, okay, I, we didn't know what's going to happen after they killed John Connor, you know, maybe we expect... But what did happen? What uh, did happen? We no. had, we had uh, Gabby, or Danny, Danny Reyes. Dan, yes, Dan. She is... Uh, just this is the Cliff Notes version. She's the savior of the future. She's the new John Connor. Yeah. So right. they send a Terminator back to kill her, <laughs> and the Resistance sends uh, the Cyborg the Grace cyber. back yes. to protect her. Does this sound familiar to you? Uh, uh, just like, uh, <laughs> was it like, did I dream about that? I heard, I heard it. I watched it somewhere, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah. it, it, I think that's probably my biggest beef with the film is that. It lacks sort of originality. It's almost like a retread of the original term. They, 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 I, I think they wasted all the ideas there, and they just tried. They, they, they ran out of ideas, so they actually tried to like alternate the history. I mean, the future. Sorry, to alternate the future. What? Terminator trying to change the alternate <laughs> yeah, future. But they, I've lost but track. Like, 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 but for the for the hundredth time. But right. This like was okay. It's officially James Cameron. Okay, we said this is the official sequel. We will count this one as a as a real one. <laughs> But, okay, you know, uh, John Connor is killed, you know, Sarah is still alive, you know, we, we see that Linda Hamilton is uh, is back, so there mm -hmm. must be, something is happening, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, it's, it, it, what we find out is that they did indeed thwart uh, Judgment Day, uh, Skynet was stopped, but what happened? Oh, no, just another AI, Legion, I think is what Legion, they call it. Yes, yes. Another um, artificial intelligence. Yeah. Oh, just, so just another one yes. came up, and we screwed ourselves anyways. <laughs> but one interesting element with this film, you said Linda Hamilton comes back, so she is uh, back in the fold. We have Grace, the cyborg Actually, half robot. Actually, it's, it's like, okay, now this is, I have to interrupt you again, uh, but this is like uh, more human with the cyborg uh, elements. Yeah, okay, like, an enhanced human, whatever. So we have her, we have Linda Hamilton, and then we have the old uh, T-1-1800 yes, that killed uh, John, who we learn in one of the most humorous sequences of the film that because Skynet was destroyed and he was still part of Skynet, he somehow learned to become have human elements. He learned to feel empathy. He learned to to sort of have adjust feelings, with society because Skynet gets shut down, so now this robot can kind of have Humans, humans feelings, yeah. and he becomes Carl, <laughs> and he has a family, and he's making sandwiches and making Coronas with limes in them, and yeah, but, and he's but, cracking jokes. He's like, I am incredibly I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, No, you're not. Yeah, I couldn't. I was dying <laughs> when they had Carl, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like they call him King Carl, you know. I like make friends with him. But the thing is, uh, I have to jump a little bit into reality now. Uh, I don't know uh, 
how many people are into the artificial the people in your audience uh, how much are they into the uh, artificial intelligence and the machine learning but the truth is James Cameron maybe predicted some way of machines taking over the world not in that Mm-hmm. You know, you know, not in that percentage, or they're not going to kill a majority of of, of human population. But we're obviously dependent on on, on machines. Right now, I, I just saw your vacuum cleaner going uh, by 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 itself. You know, vacuuming the yeah. the whole apartment. Yep, and Alexa's playing. You know, the salsa music by itself. <laughs> but but it's uh, no, that that's a good point. I wrote that down. And and thematically, obviously, that's an interesting thing that Terminator has always had. Our relationship with machines, and you know, is it do we go too far? Yeah, this and, is exaggeration, maybe. You know, but, but, but it's not because in one of the first scenes we see in this film is when Danny and her brother are working at this Audi auto plant that worked in Mexico, mm-hmm. and Danny's brother shows up and he realizes that his job has been replaced by a machine. By a machine. So yes. already, right away, obviously not to the Terminator extent, but already we're seeing humans at odds with machines, yes. and and that's sort of symbolic, I think, of the of the greater struggle that we might have. Um, and what I also, you know, I love that in this movie we have, um, obviously the Terminator, the liquid Terminator that's attacking, he's sending all of them. But on the other side, we have a, a, a pure human in Danny, we have a pure human in Sarah Connor, we have the enhanced android human in Grace, and then we have a machine in Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they're all on the same side. And in the final showdown, you know, we, we have, um... Sarah Connor says, because we're not machines, you metal motherfucker, when they're all standing up and fighting. And we see all of these sort of human-robot combinations all down the line fighting for the same cause against a robot. So we have this idea of working together with robots and fighting against robots to to achieve a common goal. And thematically, um, I think it's an interesting idea, especially because the two ones that have machine elements die protecting the savior of humanity. Yes. So there's kind of an interesting idea between do, should we love these machines or should we hate these machines? Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> that's a good question. It depends on how they g- grow, you know, because uh, as we spoke about artificial intelligence and uh, and uh, machine learning, uh, they actually, uh, the machines actually can learn stuff even today mm-hmm. you know so they can actually you know uh they can actually transfer from one side to the other side mm-hmm. especially because their program they actually they are just they just execute some code i mean and that's it so but it's an interesting topic you know uh, humans have humans and machines fighting against machines but if humans can uh, have a fight against humans i mean all the combinations are possible right so some things I liked about this movie, I feel like you can always count on Terminator for a good like car chase scene. Yes. I really like the scene when uh, at the beginning when he was in the big truck and he was chasing them in the shitty old truck. That's kind of a callback to the original or the second one. There's a, there's well, a there is always a car chase yeah. scene. And, and <laughs> I think that that's one thing that the Terminator series has always done. I haven't seen the other ones obviously, but the ones I have seen, there always seems to be a pretty badass car chase. So I can I'm always on board with that. I thought in general that the action sequences were pretty well done when they're fighting on the on the aircraft carrier. Yes, and uh, yes. did you like the the action in this movie? Yes, actually, I do. I do. Especially, you know, as you said, the Terminators uh, Terminators are, are good for those uh, chasing uh, scenes because they, obviously they crash uh, every five seconds and they just you know continue you know fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the the effects, the movie effects of all the fighting scenes were, I think, they were. Pretty good in yeah. this movie. From an action standpoint, I thought this delivered. The movie delivered from an action standpoint. I thought it had some good ideas, as I've already touched on. 
And I, and I think this movie was definitely, I haven't seen the others, but from what I've heard, they were just way off the deep end. I think this movie, what it, since it was a direct sequel to the first and second, it, it almost felt like it was made in the spirit of those t- two movies. You know, like it was made with those movies in mind. At least that's what I got from it. Yes, I mean, they they obviously lean on the, the, the first two, but the, the, the thing uh, I, I didn't like, I, I don't like in the new Terminator uh, is because they're always inventing new type of Terminator, which is like, uh, okay, the, 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 the liquid metal one in the, in the second uh, sequel when the Robert Patrick, I think, played, okay, that was like... Uh, Let's not do do more than this, you know. This one is like he can make multiple instances of him. He can, uh, you know, uh, turn into any person he touches. Uh, he can produce weapons. He can. Pro- I mean, that's. I think that's too much. Yeah. You know, that's too much to to absorb and to to keep track. And it's like uh, it's like there is always no. You always think there is no way to to kill that thing. Well, yeah, I think actually that's something else I wrote down. I think part of the Terminator's problem, the series now with these new films, is that. The possibilities are almost too endless because they've messed with the timeline so much because they have basically endless opportunities to make these Terminators in any way they want them to. You can basically undo any timeline you want to. You can undo any of that because there's too much time travel. There's too much going on. And that, that's, it's almost too convoluted for its own good. And it's 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 and you 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 lose yourself in in, in that uh, mm-hmm. in the timeline. And it's and the, the timeline started to get. Complicated once Carl Reese and Sarah Connor were together in the first one, and when she was pregnant at the end. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, uh, from the beginning. You had a guy from the future who was the father of the of the guy who saves the mm-hmm. you know human race. You know that that I cannot even explain in my own words. It's can, already complicated. But they can they keep. You know, because the enemy is sending people back from the future, you can just keep doing that over and over and over again. There yeah. will never be any end. So even when they defeat these Terminators, we're thinking in our heads, well, I can't wait for the next movie when they send back another one to I'm a different time period. So I think it's almost like, do you understand what I'm saying? It's almost like um, it's almost like caged by its own creation. Yes. If you understand it's, like, it's like a circ- never-ending <laughs> circle. You yeah. know? And, but that's the reason why uh, Terminator series should have ended... Okay, let's not say after the first one, even if I would end it after the first one, but after the second one, it should be definitely over when the Judgment Day was stopped. Right. And I and I think I realize what my biggest issue with is the Terminator series and why I'm not like a huge fan. Even of the two originals, which I can I respect as movies and filmmaking and I respect as iconic films in American film history. I think I'm just not into the robots that much. I think that might just be what my issue is. I, from a as from a villain standpoint, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm. In, I'm intrigued by the idea of AI, and we already talked about that. But having robots be your main bad guy, I guess that just doesn't interest me that much, and that's just a personal thing. And that's the individual thing. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, you know, it's an interesting thing because I'm in that area, so uh, yeah. it does amaze me a little bit. But uh, so, is there anything else that you wanted? Oh, I. I wanted to touch on. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they somehow folded immigration and the border into this film. Uh, you know, with the detention center and uh, immigrants and all that. It's just interesting that the filmmakers chose to go that way because that's obviously a really hot-button issue here in the U.S. these days uh, with border control and the wall and Donald Trump and uh, ICE and all that. So I thought it was an interesting choice to sort of fold that into a science fiction movie about robots, you know, maybe a small comment on the current state of things there uh, just to fold that into the film. But you always, uh, every every film uh, made uh, always 
touches like uh, something uh, what, what what is happening currently. You know, especially yeah. that, that's uh, I think James Bond movies are always famous for that. They always pick what's uh, happening like right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, as you said, uh, the borders issues with the Mexicans or whoever is it, uh, having the problems. I'm not sure because I'm not from here. But uh, maybe the director was trying to show I don't some points. I mean, yeah, I don't think you. I don't know if he was trying to make like a direct point, but, but I think he's just kind of like, oh hey, this is here. This, you maybe know? yeah, maybe he was like, okay. Yeah, uh, I, I think we can all agree that Terminators visas should be striked down. That we should probably keep them not in the United States. The Terminators themselves. <laughs> but it was, but it was a little bit. Uh, I can say, I, I, I can say, weird because the, the bad Terminator was like kind of Hispanic, you know. Yeah, no? and, yeah. uh, and, uh, I think that I think that was more because they were a lot of the story takes place in Mexico City, so they want the Terminator to blend in, yes. and he can obviously take the form of anybody oh, Mexican, he yeah, like so, Hispanic. Yeah. So because most, I think that was more the choice with that. I don't know if that was as much of a commentary on you know that he's going to be Hispanic. I think it was maybe just like the Terminator's trying to blend in. But hey, yes. you never know. Anything else you wanted to touch on or that you liked or disliked about the movie? I definitely okay. So uh, there's some uh, actually, uh, as we as we said uh, in the beginning, uh, the killing of John Connor. I can say I, I don't want to say I liked it. I, I don't like that fact that he was killed, but I liked uh, how James Cameron or whoever wrote it was brave enough to do that. But at the end, it turned out uh, really bad. Now, I was hoping that something spectacular will, spectacular will happen. And instead we got the same story over. We have the same story. It's not Skynet. It's called uh, Legion. Legion something. Yeah? Legion, yeah. Yeah, we don't have uh, John Connor. We have uh, Danny, which is a new John Connor, or Sarah Connor. And, the, and, and you can see at the, end, at the end of the movie, we see Sarah Connor and Danny. And it's like we have two Sarah Connors now. Yeah. And essentially the only difference, the big twist, so to speak, was that... So they set it up at the beginning that Danny was going to give birth to the hero. Yeah. Kind yeah. of like Sarah Connor did with John. But the big twist is that she doesn't give birth. She is the hero. She, and for me, that's not a big enough twist. It's, not, not, it's big... not a big... It's, it's like almost the same thing. It doesn't yeah. matter if she's going to give a birth or she, it's, she's going to be a grandma of the, of, of, of the upcoming hero. It's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. And what I don't like is they really uh, ran out of ideas about uh, the Terminators and the... like. Uh, they, they 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 now even started. Okay, first of all, the first Terminator was like uh, he's a robot with um, human elements, and now they made a human with uh, Terminator elements, like uh, Grace. Grace. Yeah, I mean that's just like uh, they're, that's not how you do it. Simply. Yeah, it's. I think maybe it's time for the Terminator to ride off into the sunset. But of course, one one thing we should touch on is maybe it will because this movie is projected to lose. Uh, around $130 million. Yeah, so, so that's I can, a big my, failure at the box office. But I have to conclude this. Uh, for me, Terminator ended when uh, uh, Robert Patrick and Arnold Schwarzenegger went into that okay. lava thing and when they ended their their lives, that's where this thing ends. Okay, me. so why don't you give us your final thoughts and then give us a, a rating out of 10. Okay, so final th uh, my final thoughts are I saw some good elements in these movies. Like, as we said, there's some good action scenes. Uh, it's good to see Linda Hamilton back again, and she actually did a good role here. I mean, she she played a tough Sarah Connor as she she's was. She's just like this jaded badass yeah, who just wants to kill people. Yeah, but she she's like yeah she's like she is in the Terminator Two. She was a nice uh, young lady in the Terminator One, but uh, now we have the same Sarah Connor as she was in the Terminator Two. She is a big plus to this movie. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger is definitely a minus here because he's like he grew a conscience and feelings and stuff like that. That's just ridiculous. He's being a really. I mean, he was a good guy in Terminator 2, and now he's like ultimate good guy, you know. And like, uh, it, it, the only thing that was missing is like he's uh, just him to start crying, you know. That was the only thing missing. And the white picket fence. And, yeah, exactly. And the dog. <laughs> and the dog. <laughs> so he's a minus. Uh, the story is definitely a big minus. So uh, combining uh, all the facts, I would say five out of ten. Interesting. So I agree with everything you just said. I'm pissed what they did with Schwarzenegger. I'm not sure the decision to kill John Connor was a great decision. And even if it was, then do something unique with the story. Don't retread the same goddamn movie we've already seen. It was fun to see Linda, Linda Hamilton and Schwarzenegger back. Action sequences plus. I think there's some interesting thematic stuff going on here with uh, questioning our relationship with AI and robots and sort of trying to, you know question where it may go in the future. There's some interesting stuff about fate and destiny that's, of course, been a, a trope through the entire series. Um, but it's not really anything new. Nothing new. That being said, um, I think I liked it a little more than you based on what you just said, which I'm surprised to hear. Yes. Because uh, I think the action sequences were pretty cool, actually. And Danny, I liked her as a character. Sarah Connor was good. The human characters were cool. Um, and I liked the scope of the film, so I ended up giving it a 6 out of 10. Uh, but you know, since I'm a bigger fan of, of this movie than you are, you know, I'm more like biased. Maybe in this a little more critical. More critical, yes. And and also, what, what what was a big minus for me is the music. You know, because I always, I remember the music from the first and the second one. I mean, they're absolutely great. In this one, it's there's it, it, you cannot even hear the the the, the, the real theme of Alternate. I mean, maybe right. we heard it once or, or a something. little bit at the end. We got it a little bit. Yeah, at the end. Yes, but that's. So overall, if you're a Terminator fan, it's probably worth going to check out just to sort of see how they continue the continuity. If you're a sci-fi fan, you might be into it. Uh, otherwise, it might be a skip from us. So that's our review of Terminator Dark Fate. All right, switching gears a little bit and moving on to the final film on today's episode on November 14th uh, is a film that has been much discussed in recent weeks. I'm a little late to the party on this one. Uh, but it is Joker, the biopic of the famous Batman villain. This film was directed by Todd Phillips and stars Joaquin Phoenix as uh, Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. The Joker. Also appearing is Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, Francis Conroy, Brett Cullen, Shea Wiggum, Bill Camp, Glenn Fleshler, and others. The plot summary on IMDb. In Gotham City, mentally troubled comedian Arthur Fleck is disregarded and mistreated by society. He then embarks on a downward spiral of revolution and bloody crime. This path brings him face-to-face -face with his alter ego, the Joker. So, obviously this movie is based on the uh, iconic DC villain, the Joker. Uh, as I said, this movie is directed by Todd Phillips, which I find to be extremely interesting because this is the guy who's directed films such as Road Trip, Old School, The Hangover Trilogy. He is one of the main people uh, credited with the story for Borat which is one of, this, one of our favorite films. So it's sort of a strange turn to go from these comedy films and to take on a film about a clown villain called The Joker. Uh, but it's obviously not a comedy. It's, uh, it's, it's sort of serious, although there is dark comedy elements to this film. So some things I liked about this movie, and it was uh, mostly likes for me on this one. This, this was a really interesting film to watch. 
Of course, we have to talk about the performance and the backdrop of the Joker character. Joaquin Phoenix is obviously stepping into some big shoes taking on this character. Um, whether you're talking about Jack Nicholson back in the original Batman, whether if you're talking about Heath Ledger in the iconic role, which won him an Academy Award and ultimately caused his death in the Dark Knight film, or if you're talking about Mark Hamill voicing the character in the animated series of Batman, the Joker's had some great people take on this role. Joaquin Phoenix is an exceptional actor who's taken on some dark roles before. I thought he was a wonderful choice for this. And for the most part, he really nails it. He hits the tone well. He's psychotic. He laughs out of nowhere. He's smiling. He, he really nails the tone that this film is going for. Um, I don't know if you could say that he's better than Heath Ledger. I don't know if Heath Ledger, anyone can ever be better than Heath Ledger. But his performance was solid. And I think what's really interesting about this movie is watching it and watching him become the Joker. You can really, when you know what the Joker is, you can just see him slowly becoming it. And it's really interesting to watch. And by the time this movie ends, it's almost like you can just hand the reins over to Heath Ledger. And he'll just take the performance from there. So it's kind of interesting how the whole thing goes across. But the way this movie handles the Joker is he almost becomes, a, he's not inherently a villain. He's not a bad guy, but he is mentally disturbed. And time and time again in this movie, we see society is letting him down. So what Phillips and the filmmakers are saying is society basically created the Joker. He didn't get the mental help he needed. He couldn't get his meds because he didn't have any money. Society's just turned, it ba turned its back on this outcast. The film looks great. It's uh, sort of like this gritty, depressing, disgusting version of Gotham City where pollution is everywhere. There's a trash strike going on, so there's garbage piling up everywhere. It does a fantastic job setting up an environment where you could see how someone like the Joker could come to be, how someone like the Joker could be created. It also has an environment in which it's believable that beleaguered and downtrodden citizens who have been abandoned by the government and the powers could that be could conceivably rally about someone like the Joker. You know, it's like they're so depressed and so angry that they're willing to follow anyone who's speaking out, even if that someone is an insane clown guy who just killed a guy on national TV and is promoting violence, anarchy, and lawlessness. So it's just a world in a place that desperately needs someone like Bruce Wayne or Batman to show up. So the way that this film is set as sort of like a prequel to the showdowns between Batman and Joker, they really nail the tone, and the lighting is amazing, the cinematography is amazing. So I really like the environment and the overall world of this film. So Joker, Batman, did, did people in Serbia know who the Joker and the Batman are? Yeah, definitely, they definitely do. I mean, <laughs> I, I, in my, uh, my perspective, I mean, I'm not actually the fan of Batman. I always liked Superman uh, more, Clark Kent, than, uh, you know... Uh, than uh, Bruce Wayne, but uh, the thing is, uh, this movie actually brought a lot of attention in uh, in Serbia because uh, somebody says somebody said that this might become one of the greatest movies ever because it it touches some uh, some points. I mean, it's it, there are divided opinions on this. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I heard some people left like uh, the cinemas and the, the theaters like in the middle of the movie, and some were like applauding like half hour after the right. after the movie because obviously I didn't watch it. I mean, I th I didn't watch it because I thought I must watch Batman, you know, uh, so I can I can watch this movie. But after I found out that it's a like completely different story. I mean, of course it's it it, it will help you if you watched Batman, but uh, uh, this is a standalone. Pre, it's like an origin story. So. Yes. 
And it's as I, as I heard, as you said, now it's like about a mental ill person, you know, mm-hmm. uh, stuck, uh, you know, in in the in 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 the society. I mean, society is uh, turning up on, uh, turning, uh, turning, turning the back on him, and uh, it's it's like a kind of desperate, you know, movie. But if you if you go into deep, maybe you know. You will like it or not. I mean, I cannot judge about this movie, but there are divided opinions in Serbia. Right. No, what you're saying is the same thing here in America. There's people that have walked out. There's people that have given a standing ovation. And I think what that comes back to, and it's what I maybe, my one qualm with the film is it sort of leaves you with mixed feelings. It's depressing. So, and there's also this question about the glorification of crime and the glorification of this guy who clearly has issues, who's causing death and harm and destruction but yet this film sort of portrays him in almost like a positive light almost like a good guy who it's not his fault he has no personal accountability it's because of society you know and i think that could that leaves people with a bad taste in their mouth when we're sort of glorifying scum basically um and so you know and you could easily see how like some mentally ill depressed person could see this film and want to commit, like, a copycat crime. You know, you could see how they could be like, you know, this is a crazy world we live in now. You could see how some mentally ill person would be like, oh, well, he's doing it. Doesn't that mean I could do it? And it, I actually felt uncomfortable at times sitting in the theater watching this. And maybe this is more of a commentary on our world in 2019 that I'm actually concerned that some crazy person's going to come into the theater and shoot and the identi- place up. And, and identify himself yeah. as a joker. Yeah, maybe that just says more about our society today yes. than, than anything, but... I'm not the only one who felt that way. I've talked to several people who saw this film who felt the same way. They felt almost scared in the theater watching this. Like, they were almost watching something they shouldn't be watching. And I think that's probably why people have had such strong reactions to the film. Uh, I said earlier that this is a world that desperately needs Bruce Wayne and Batman. And while Batman isn't in this film, uh, his parents... Martha and Thomas are, and the Waynes have a sort of looming presence over the film. And actually, there's a plot point in this where, uh, for a while, they try and make us believe that the Joker is Thomas Wayne's bastard. This guy, Arthur Fleck, is like this the child of someone he had an affair with. That ends up not being true, and I was, I'm was i glad that's the case, because I'm like, well, wait a sec, you're going to make like Bruce Wayne and the Joker brothers? That's fucking weird. You can't do that. You can't change the canon that much. And they ultimately renege on that. That's not the case. But what we do find out is that towards the end of this movie, after the Joker has killed Robert De Niro's character on live television, he takes to the streets and people start wearing clown masks and they're just like ready for anarchy. They're ready to riot. And as a result of this riot, Thomas and Martha Wayne are walking out of the opera that we've seen so many times with Bruce, little Bruce, and they get shot by one of the people who are following the Joker. So I like this idea that Already, even as Tom Bruce Wayne is like five years old, he's already got this connection to the Joker that the Joker himself didn't kill Batman, but the Joker's actions indirectly killed Batman's parents and ultimately led him on the course to become Batman. And when you know, you know, the showdown that the Joker and Batman have had in other, you know, movies and other media, it's just fun to see like, okay, this is the origin. This is what started it all. So when you're a fan of that, it's exciting to see the early stages of it. So that was another aspect that I loved. But I'm not sure it's it's a great film. I loved it a lot. I liked it a lot. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. That's good for my fourth favorite film of the year so far. So I, I obviously enjoyed the film. I think it has some interesting things to say. It's brilliantly acted. It's wonderfully shot. It keeps you involved. It keeps you into it the whole time. But it does leave you with some mixed feelings. But I will say, I'm not sure it's fair to hold 
this against the film to say, oh, just because scary things are being portrayed on film, that that means it's a bad film and that someone's going to copycat it. Because scary, bad, violent, sexual abuse, this is all shown on film all the time. We don't damn every film that has something bad on it and say, oh, this is going to cause someone to do this. So why are we doing it with this film? So I will say that argument is maybe a little unfair, could you say? Um, but it's a valid point to consider whether or not we should be glorifying someone as villainous as the Joker. So that's my review. That's the show for today. Alex, appreciate you coming on. Travel safe to Serbia. When are you going back? couple days, right? Yes, a couple of days. And thank you for having me in this podcast. It was my privilege and honor to be part of this. Ah, thank you, sir. Our first official, you're the official Serbian of the Second Day Film Podcast, I will tell you that. (laughs) I'm happy about that, and I hope that your audience will uh, like uh, our conversation we had. I think so. Uh, As I said, like us on Facebook at the Second Day Film Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Second Day Film, on Instagram at the Second Day Film Podcast. Check out our old episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. We've got some big films coming up, Midway's out in theaters. We've got 1917, the World War I film. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, of course. Some other big movies ready to come out for the busy holiday season. So we'll stay on board. We'll try and uh, have a shorter break this next time. But until next time, we'll see you at the movie.